Braves are red hot in first place in the AL East. They have been extremely successful. Newman predicted that. So, Newman, why don't we go to you first? Yeah, a little, little pat on my back there. Uh, I have them winning the division. Welcome back to another episode of Clubhouse Convos. This is episode 16, which means, boys, we're a third of the way through our first year as podcasters. Uh, <laughs> how does it feel? Kind of wild. It is pretty wild. It is strange. 16 weeks of us deciding to talk into a microphone about sports. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We look forward to continuing. We actually recorded this episode yesterday, um, but because of some technical difficulties, mostly on Evan's end, uh, it never saved. So we're going to re-record today. It's Friday, June 4th. I'll drop this tomorrow when I have time. But yeah, so episode 16, just going to talk a little NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and some MLB introduce uh, a new thing called guarantees where we uh, hit you with <laughs> our guaranteed takes uh, I will expose myself uh, no here we go I'll, I'll uh, prop Evan here Suns win game six Nuggets win game six Evan go, I guaranteed baby. both yesterday both came true good work Evan uh, Portland you. Portland lost round one, so expect Terry Stotts to be fired. That's a call-in guarantee. And we'll get to some other guarantees later in the pod. We're also going to introduce a new little segment, uh, Evan's new idea. At the end of the pod, we'll take a couple minutes each to talk about something that we think is important to talk about, whether it be sports, real life, or just some bullshit for a couple minutes. So, yeah, ready to get into it? Yep. Yep. All right. So let's talk NBA first. A lot of things have happened since we last talked. Um, as Boston fans, I think it's only right we begin with the Celtics front office. So Danny Ainge stepped down Wednesday morning. Uh, shortly after, Brad Stevens announced he had resigned as head coach and was taking the basket president of basketball operations job, filling Ainge's seat meaning Danny Ainge is out of Boston and the Celtics are looking for a new head coach. How do we feel? Uh, uh, we've had about 48 hours to think about this. What are our thoughts after 48 hours? You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a fan of it because, you know, I like Brad Stevens a lot. Maybe coaching uh, the Celtics wasn't for him. Uh, we haven't really, we haven't taken our team to the next level uh, to the finals recently, but, you know, he led, he led his Butler team to the national championship. Uh, so I think that says a lot about uh, his recruiting skills. Um, and I think it, it, while there probably are people with more general manager experience that are probably more qualified, I think Brad understands our roster better than probably they would uh, have coached them for many years. So I think he is a good candidate. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. 
with the head coaching hire. I like Floyd Pierce. Uh, I think that'd be a great hire, great guy all around. Saw some other names thrown around. Jason Kidd. We don't like Jason Kidd. Saw uh, Jason Kidd. Uh, Interviewer. But saw Jason Kidd thrown around in Portland if Stotts were to be fired. Oh, God. Get get Lillard out of there if Kidd's uh, hired. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I, I like it uh, the more I think about it for Brad. Ev? Yeah. Um, so, we obviously fake pod yesterday that didn't say it. But um, I said yesterday I liked it. Um, because like Newman said, Brad's been around the organization. Like he's a talented guy, knows the game of basketball, uh, sees talent. Um, it's a new role for him. Um, but again, I like that he stayed. You can't just get rid of a guy with that much talent. You got to keep him in there for sure. Um, you know, I, I get a little sick and tired of seeing Stephen A. Smith pull out the race car. I mean, no, like granted there are guys that might be better fit for that job, but it's it's a knock against Brad Stevens, and what Brad Stevens has done uh, at the coaching level was, you know, I don't know, a little questionable this year. But three Eastern Conference Finals appearances, you get him to the front office, and maybe he'll do better. Um, while Newman said that there are there were probably better people out there, um, but again, I, I don't hate it. Brad's a great guy, knows the game, and knows his players. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, to, first to your point about the Stephen A. race card, I feel like, you know, had the Celtics let Ainge go and then didn't give Stevens that job, Stevens would have, or Stephen A. Smith would have just been saying how stupid the Celtics were for not keeping Brad Stevens. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I get what he's saying, but like, right, I do too. There's no reason too. to make everything about that. Um, and that's all we'll say to that topic. But, the more and more I think about this, the more and more I do like it. I said yesterday I was iffy on it. Wednesday I didn't like it. But n- now I feel pretty good about it. I definitely wanted Ainge gone or somebody else that he could work with because it just felt like he had had so many opportunities to get this team over the hump and, and never really did. Um, so I like that aspect of it. And I also think that Stevens does have some experience it's just not with the title of GM. Like as a college basketball coach, you have to go out and recruit guys to come there. You have to sell your program, sell your roster, sell your plan, like make guys really believe in what you're doing. And I think that part will translate quite well for Brad. I, I think we should expect a big off season from the Celtics. Uh, I'm excited to see how it unfolds. Yeah. Uh, moving on couple games last night, Lakers-Suns game six, Nuggets-Blazers game six, as I already pointed out. Evan guaranteed a Suns-Nuggets win in both games. Uh, that came true. Any reactions? Um, not surprised. I didn't watch the uh, the Blazers game. I did watch the, the Lakers-Suns, you know, AD left with no points after four minutes. You kind of could have ended the game right there. Booker, 20-something points in the first quarter. Very impressive showing from the Suns. Uh, I was very impressed. Um, so I think they are probably the team to beat uh, in the West going forward. Uh, I mean, Clippers, Mavs, I believe they play game six tonight. So they're teams to watch as well. But, yeah, Suns were Just impressive. discrediting Lakers. my Utah Jazz. I don't like your Utah Jazz. But. Disrespectful. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you can go ahead. All right. My, my reaction is, you know, the Suns got so disrespected, and it is kind of mind-boggling. For the Lakers to open up as a favorite, I get the whole AD thing, but clearly the Suns, as the two seed in the Western Conference, did something right. And to have the Lakers favorited in that series was just crazy. Um, Colin and I picked Phoenix to move on. I think we were pretty sure that that was going to happen. Too good of a team. Booker, Paul, Aiton, like just a solid group. I'd still put Utah ahead of the Suns, but I think it, it would be a great Western Conference Finals if it does get there and my Clippers are on the brink. So, yeah, we'll have to see how, what happens. But Suns are That good. is my Western Conference Finals. Um, but, yeah, I think everybody kind of saw this coming for the Suns. The Lakers just looked terrible without Anthony Davis. Um, and And to all those, like, LeBron goaders, like, I think this kind of shows, like, LeBron can't always do it alone. And uh, Newman, I'm kind of talking to you. Um, (laughs) LeBron can't do it alone. And I don't want to take pleasure in saying that, but, you know, it's kind of nice because I'm so sick of hearing LeBron James this, LeBron James that. Uh, So great for the Phoenix Suns organization. What a turnaround. Monty Williams is outstanding. Uh, Great job by that front office. Real quick, Colin, can I get in here real quick? I jump in. Newman, are you willing to say right here on June 4th, 2021, that LeBron James is not the GOAT and that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time? You lost one playoff series and you're going to shit on it. Move on. Yeah, sure, he needs help. Like, I'm not going to deny that he can't do it all. So he can't score 80 points. He's not that good, but I will stick by it. I will say, though, as much as we hate basketball, I think it is good for basketball that like teams like Utah and Phoenix are going to have a chance to uh, make it to the conference great. finals. Yeah. So especially like the Knicks are out now, the Lakers are out, Clippers are on the brink. So those, those big franchises not making it, that's probably good for a uh, small town basketball. So yeah, Boston. Great. Yeah. You said Boston. Boston's out obviously. Um, and then the other game, Nuggets, Trailblazers. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed I had the Trailblazers advancing. I think we all did. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the Nuggets kind of showed that they can do it without Murray. We all said they wouldn't win a series without him. And to me, this one really wasn't that close. It was Dame Lillard against the Nuggets. And as it always goes, Lillard loses. So anything else to say to that? Well, I just like to say thanks for giving me my credit. Sure, um, buddy. But I was a little bit surprised that Portland kind of, you know, didn't win the series. Like I thought they would without Jamal, but uh, again, that just goes to show Jokic and the talent he has when he scores thirty plus and can drop, you know, seven plus dimes, grab well, ten. Nurkic more. just played like an absolute fucking bitch all series. He just yeah. let Jokic destroy him. Yeah, but Jokic is unguardable no matter who's on him. I don't yeah. care if it's Jokic or whoever the fuck. But, yeah, Ennis Cantor's garbage, too, on defense. <laughs> yeah, Ennis so Cantor didn't help. play for the Celtics because he couldn't dude, play defense. Dude, it's so funny. On 2K, if you're going against Ennis Cantor, you literally can back him in with anybody, and he will literally move with you. It's like, <laughs> boop, boop, get to the rim, dunk on him. The funniest shit. That's funny. Um, moving on. We have so now I believe Clippers, Mavs, 
is the only series left in the first round. Yeah. Sounds right. I believe so. Yes. So Clippers Mavs game six tonight. Besides that, it's going to be Utah facing the winner of that series, Denver, Phoenix, and then in the East, um, Philly and Atlanta and Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Am I correct? Yeah, real quick. Um, I hate to do this. I hate to do this because I had this team winning, well, at least winning the Western Conference, getting to the NBA Finals. Oh, here he goes. He's going to change his pick to Dallas. I'm guaranteeing a Dallas Mavericks winning game six. They're going to win at home. Luka's going to go off. Give me 30-plus for Luka tonight, uh, which is honestly a safe bet. The way Can I double down on your guarantee? Yeah, go for it. I'll call and guarantee that. There you go. Newman, join? No, I'm not confident. Fuck you. We could have had a whole clubhouse combos guarantee. You need to make a better pick then. (laughs) Fuck off. Wow. No, it's over. It's over tonight. Dallas surprised a lot of people. And Luca's playing out of this fucking world. They can't stop him. And and Kawhi and Paul George been going off all series, and yet they're still losing three two. Uh, yeah. A couple other things on my NBA list: uh, the fan drama as of late. So four instances uh, began, I believe, with the Russell Westbrook popcorn dump, and then John Morant was like pushed or shoved or something like that. Then, excuse me. Kyrie gets the water bottle thrown at him. And lastly, we had that guy running over the all over the court in Philly. Um, so all four offenders have been banned from the respective stadiums, from arenas in the NBA for life. Um, and there's one issue that I would personally like to highlight in particular. It's the Kyrie Irving issue. Um to me, there's a lot of moving parts in this whole problem, and it begins with, you know, Evan and I had talked about this off off the mic hanging out. Um, he got like a, a, a lollipop question, you know, what's it going to be like coming back to Boston with full capacity? Like, and, and you would think, oh, you know, it's going to be great to play in front of fans because Brooklyn hadn't had fans. Um, but no, Kyrie Irving says, oh, I just hope they're not racist. And that kind of bothered me because as a Boston guy, obviously support my city and, you know, Kyrie had never once complained of racism in Boston. Uh, I can't think of any Boston Celtics who have had any sort of issues for a long time. Now it's mostly been the Red Sox have been the problem. Definitely. Um, so it, that is disappointing to hear um, because I don't think that's entirely true. And and then he goes and stomps on the logo after the game. Um, disrespectful the logo, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like the, oh, don't touch the logo guy. I don't give a shit. But I know like in hockey locker rooms, if you step on the logo, it's like the deadliest sin you can commit. Um, so logos are really important to the players themselves. And for Kyrie to go step on the logo after the players had left the, uh, the floor, couldn't defend it. And then he gets almost hit with a water ball. Didn't even get hit. Uh, The fan, a 21-year-old kid charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon. Um, Just, It's just an all-around bad look to me for the NBA, for Kyrie. It's just, uh, 
the NBA is in a bad place right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's disappointing because, like, you have good situations where you have, like, Madison Square Garden chanting, Trey is balding, and he responds. He takes a bow after knocking them out. Like, that's good for basketball. It makes good headlines. And then you have things like the Kyrie situation that paints basketball in such a bad light, kind of ruins all the good fan interactions that, you know, were happening in that other series. And I'm sure there are other series as well that uh, there were good interactions. But, I mean, the assault charge, kind of dumb, but I don't I know. I mean, deadly bad- weapon is just – Yeah. It's pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Not a good look for basketball. If you're trying to send a message that way, I mean, I think you're going to entice a lot of fans to, uh, to also act out. And I don't know. It's not a good look for basketball. It's unfortunate. I think the players, before Evan goes real quick, the players, um, I understand their safety is a priority to them. Um, but these are guys, like the players are who the fans are there to see. And for the players to be like nationally calling out fans in the media, uh, and just making such a big issue out of it. I understand it's extremely disrespectful, but it's also not smart by the players to be turning their own fans away. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Evan, you look confused. Well, because I'm going to disagree with you on this one and you, Newman. Um, I get what you're saying, but that's one fan. And it was one fan who did something incredibly stupid. And I agree with what Kevin Durant said. It, it's a circus. I mean, it, these fans think that they have the free reign to do whatever they want. You pay money for the ticket. You go see the game. You can just do whatever the hell you want. That seems to be the vibe in the NBA right now. The Newman's point, which is such a bad look. Um, so it's completely, obviously, unacceptable. And you're blaming it more on the players. I'm going to blame it more on the league for not protecting those I'm not, players. I'm not blaming it on the players at all. Well, I'm just – I'm saying when you, when you nationally go out there and say, like, to this fan base, like the Boston Celtics fan base, you got it's a circus in Boston, yada, 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 that's just going to make everybody else want to act out more, which is what Newman pointed out, by the way. Um, but who wants to act out more and get banned for the rest of their lives? I agree. It's stupid, but people are going to do it. Like 15 minutes of fame, man. You ever heard of that? No, I don't believe in that. People are going to do it. People are stupid. People no, are people irrational are individuals. Obviously, look at how many problems we've had. And they already know people get banned for life. Yeah, but listen, not, it's not – I honestly think we've seen – we've hit the plateau and we're coming down. You won't see this stuff for very – for very much longer. Boston will never have this again. Um, it's just a weird time in the NBA where they're not protecting players and fans think that it's a circus. Uh, it's completely unacceptable. And the NBA has got to look deeper and to figure out why is this happening and what they can do. I get there's not much that you can do when a fan from fucking super far away just fucking runs onto the court. Like, I get that. But there's clearly something wrong, and I honestly don't know what it is, but people are just fucking stupid. That's really the message that I yeah. got. It's like, why are people doing this? And it I, is feel like there's just, I feel like there's a disconnect between the league and the players and the fans all, all together. Definitely with the fans. But yeah. it's not all fans. It's just this small, small, small percentage. And it's not going to keep going. I kind of disagree with that point. But I don't think it's going to keep going either. Nobody said that. 
Well, you said that they're enticing people to keep doing it. No one's going to keep doing it, is my point. I'm sure another one will happen in the playoffs. I mean, it's like, who is this stupid? Should I guarantee it? I don't know. Hey, Evan, someone was stupid enough to do it after three fucking idiots already did it. Like, what's to stop a fifth? What are you talking about, the water bottle? Just all the incidents, like. Each fan got banned for life, and then guys still did it after them. Because people are fucking stupid. Some That's people are I fucking said. stupid. I understand, but it's not going to keep happening. Is my point. If you want to go guarantee it, I, I'll say. I that don't. I don't think it's going to happen with as much frequency as it has. But I don't think it's over for the playoffs. Well, of course, because people run on the field in baseball and and all this shit and act so stupid sometimes. Clearly, I mean, there's a fucking What's issue. better than seeing a, a video of somebody running on a baseball field and getting Dude, out the, like, close I don't love that shit. I don't even guards. think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. Call me a Grinch. I don't think it's fucking funny. I, I think it's, it's funny when they get clotheslined. Okay, that might oh, be Oh, absolutely. The, yeah, I don't think the, the act of doing guard. it is funny. I'm like, you're just a fucking asshole. But when the security guard takes him out, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like Luke Keekley in open field. Watch out. I think of the Kevin Harlan call when the guy in the 49ers yeah. Rams game ran on the field and he's just so calling funny. it like a game. That was some funny so shit. So funny. Kevin Harlan's great. Uh, I have one more thing on our NBA list. We can touch on it real quick. Chris Paul declined or is rumored to be declining when the season ends. Uh, declining his player option for 2021. It's worth $44.1 million. And he's seeking a new contract with the Suns. Um, th- the terms I heard were three years in excess of $100 million. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on that real quick. You know, I think he deserves it. I mean, it's weird to turn down, what, 45 mil. But for the longevity reasons and what he brings to the, the Suns, you can't really replicate that with any other player. I mean, on the court, probably one of the best passing point guards of all time. Uh, I mean, off the court, great leader, president of, I believe, the NBA Players Association. Um, so, you know, what he brings to that team is intangible, uh, so valuable. I mean, you saw it in that series. I mean, he couldn't shoot because of his shoulder. He's still finding a way to make an impact. Uh, so I think it's very much deserved. I hope he gets his ring this year. I'll be rooting for him the rest of the way. Yeah, I kind of agree with everything that you said new and just bring so much especially to this young phoenix suns team like having a guy like that that has the experience must make devin booker deandre ayton feel so much more relaxed about the moment i think if the suns went in without chris paul they would have got bounced around one but there's got to be a sense of that calmness with chris paul and and you know you're playing alongside somebody that's been there before yeah he doesn't have a ring yet but he's got so much experience and he's just a damn good basketball player knowing you have that on your team must make booker and aiden all these younger guys on that team just feel so chill um and i think it's a he's a huge part of why they won this first round series and he's also a huge part of their second overall seed in the west this year so they gotta keep him he'll stay uh i love the fit there and i think he's a he's one of the main reasons of why devin booker's really balled out especially in the playoffs but also this year in general that's what i was going to say without chris paul they're not the second seed they're not in that position um and they would have likely lost in the first round in my opinion 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. To me, it is a bit crazy to turn down $44 million. Um, but I guess if you're going to get fucking 120, it might be worth it. Um, but yeah, great player. I'm rooting for the Suns. I have Utah as my Western representative, but I wouldn't be sad if the Suns were to beat Utah. Uh, but you guys are going to move on to the NHL. A lot of news lately. Um, first off, we discussed yesterday in our, um, we'll call it fucking practice round for this pod, about the Mike Shifley, Mark Shifley hit on Jake Evans. Um, pretty gruesome. Jake Evans knocked unconscious. Footage shows Shifley literally skating end to end, launching himself in his in the direction of Evans's head. He leaves his skates. I mean, it's it's pretty much textbook for a charge, hit to the head, roughing. Anyway, anyway you call it, it's a penalty. Uh, certainly worth the suspension. We agreed. Uh, uh, Newman and Evan both said one, maybe two. I said two. Uh, he ends up getting four, which to me is a little surprising, but I'd like to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, I think it was excessive. I was listening to uh, – he – he had a media meeting for like 15 minutes. So I was listening to that before we started this. He kind of, kind of what we talked about yesterday, he kind of explained, you know, with a minute left, you know, he's got to defend the post. You know, if they get the puck, they have a chance to tie the game. Um, so he didn't feel it was dirty. I mean, he pointed out he's never had taken a charge penalty in his career. Uh, so obviously not a, not a repeat situation. So I think we all thought like two max, but four, I think it's a little crazy. I mean, obviously, we hope Jake Evans is okay. He seems to be fine. Uh, he didn't have to go to the hospital, which is good. Um, but, yeah, a little strange that uh, he got four games. I saw today uh, the video released by George Peros, and I thought he gave a phenomenal description, um, talking, walking us through the hit. You um, kind of changed my mind a little bit. I mean, I said one game. You know, I'd say two, three, somewhere in that window. I do think four is a little excessive for the Jets star. But um, with it, with the video, George said that you could see it. If he was trying to make a hockey play, he would have battled with the stick right in front of the net with Jake Evans. He didn't – he basically moved his stick out of the way. So he wasn't trying to break up the goal. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, he went for the hit, clearly gave up – um, trying to play with his stick, trying to swat it away, like do something like that. He clearly didn't want to do that. And if you go watch the video, uh, I'll throw, throw it in our group chat later, like George Paris, like it was perfectly explained. And you could see Shifley stick a little bit to the left and it just would keep going left. He wasn't really trying to make a play to bat the puck away from the front of the net. Went after Evans, got the hit. Colin, you sent a video to our group chat yes, yesterday or two days ago with this other angle where he's coming from all the way down the ice. It's just textbook charging. Um, definitely suspendable for sure. We all agreed on that. I said one, I think two or three would have been reason like more reasonable, but he gets four and he's not appealing. So I think he's just going to try to not be a distraction for the team and try to move on from this. Well, but the I benefit got- of not appealing is that if it goes longer than five he'll be back if he were to appeal he may miss six and seven. Oh, really that's how it goes well i mean so if he appeals he can right. play game two. Oh, 
I'd say. But if he um, loses his appeal and it sticks at four games, now he's suspended through game six. Gotcha. Uh, so, in my opinion, more valuable to just serve it now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree to your points, Ev. Um, I definitely think that if he was going to make a hockey play, the hit wouldn't have been to the head. Honestly, like, in that situation, it's kind of hard to make a hockey play and also hit him because, like, he was going to score. He was – Shifley wasn't able to stop him no matter what. Yeah. Had he tried to poke check it, he would have just knocked the puck into the net. Had he tried to stick lift him, I, I don't know. But I, I think it was a surefire goal either way. And that's why I was thinking two yesterday. But to me, four is, is too much. It's the second round of the playoffs. He's their best player on the team. As Newman pointed out, never committed a charging penalty in his career. Never been suspended before. Super clean player, like really respected around the league. I think four is just excessive. I think the league is kind of trying to make an example out of him. This is the third suspension, fourth suspension of the playoffs for players. So I think the league is kind of trying to just say, like, look, guys, it's okay. It's the playoffs. You're going to be physical. We get that. But safety has to be the first priority. And the way you guys are playing, you're not prioritizing everybody's safety. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts. But with uh, it, our thoughts don't really matter. Winnipeg without Shively <laughs> till game six. It's huge. Newman, there you go. Montreal in five, right? Yeah. Would you that like to guarantee my, uh, that? Yeah, I uh, I said it yesterday, so I, I will stick to it. I have Montreal. I guarantee Montreal in five, and then I went as far as to say they would take Colorado to six. We will uh, we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> but, uh, just he just was thinking. He was going off the top of his head. Connor, you didn't take the time to think on that one. No, but I I believe in Carey Price. You two shot on Carey Price, and look what happens. Carey Price won yeah. first series for the Kings. I mean, look, he uh, only played seven games. There's plenty of time for him to shit the bed. <laughs> well, he won't. Especially against Colorado, if they get there. Yeah. Well, I think I'll they have see. a really good shot to get there now. Yeah, Evans definitely. hurts. They're probably motivated, and obviously no Shifley. That's huge. Definitely. Yeah. Um, some other NHL talk, Carolina and Boston with overtime wins last night. Carolina cuts that lead to 1-1 one, one Tampa leading that series. And Boston uh, climbs over the Islanders to go up 2-1 in their series. Uh, and Any thoughts on either of those games? Watch the Bruins. Personally felt like the refing, not only in game three, but in game two and, and mostly game one as well, has been absolutely dog shit. Uh, absolutely no consistency in calls. Um, Brandon Carlo knocked out last night again. That's a huge loss for the Bruins. I personally thought it was a bit of a high hit by Cal Clutterbuck, no call. And then back the other way, Sean Crowley gets a bogus cross-checking penalty when he hardly had two hands on the stick. Um, it was really just a push in the ass and Kyle Palmieri being a little baby and falling over and, and selling it quite well. Um, yeah, I think the refing pretty much across the NHL in the playoffs has been dog shit, but I, I've watched every Bruins game. Haven't watched every other game of the series that have happened, so I can only comment on the Bruins. But, 
Yeah, I think it's been absolutely horrific. There's just no consistency in penalties. Like, uh, Boston has been called for, like, 13, 14 penalties in three games. It's, like, it's outrageous. Yeah, I, I'll echo what you said watching the uh, the Tampa game last night. Very inconsistent, you know. Like, it's the complain. playoffs. You got to let them play. Yeah, I mean, it went both ways. Like, Tampa, Tampa got a goal off a power play they probably didn't deserve, and uh, – Carolina got one they probably didn't deserve in the overtime, which is the one that matters, but uh, I digress. The overtime, the, the refereeing across the board has been very bad, I will say. Yeah, refereeing has been bad. My reaction is Carolina had to win. They go out and win. They had a 2 nothing lead. Thought they would blow it, but good job on them to really bear down and get that win. Obviously, the power play in overtime helps, but it was a nice tip in front by Stahl. Uh, who's really been one of the Carolina Hurricanes' best players in the playoffs. As far as the Bruins go, what a lucky goal by Marshan. It looked like in overtime. Oh, come on. That's an absolute snipe. It's a snipe, but Varlamov, I mean, he – it's a shot you'd like your goaltender to have. If that was scored on Rask, you'd like Rask to, to save that. Yeah. Uh, and he had been playing so well all night. Uh, and the Islanders were dominating overtime. Tuka made a few big saves in OT to save the Bruins' asses. Uh but yeah, like, like I said, like it's a snipe, but it's a shot you'd like your goalie to stop. Uh, again, I think it was again. What'd you say? I just good hockey again last night. Um, yeah, both series are good series. See, we'll yeah, see great hockey. Um, the hockey level has been phenomenal. The refing, not so much. Um, but I, to me, the Marshan goal was number one. Maybe a little bit of a screen by the defenseman. He was all over Marshan. I was honestly shocked he'd even got a shot off. When I saw it, I was like, oh, it went in. Yeah. And then that was it. Like, I, I wasn't yeah. excited. Like, it wasn't one of those goals where it's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, I think Varlamov was just caught off guard. Uh, he, you never see a guy go fucking bar down top corner over the shoulder from – the bottom of the circle like it's just an outrageous shot it's extremely lucky um but i think the bruins were due to get a good bounce so we'll see yeah. anything else to add on the nhl or well it's we just move? it's seemingly is always boston's top players that produce for them and it's something that i think is so awesome and it makes me happy to be a Bruins fan knowing that you get these top three players that are going to work their asses off and are going to give you clutch goals Martian the OT goal against Washington and I believe was game two on Craig Anderson um this that dude has something for the clutch and he's just such a fucking good player and I'm so happy he's on the Bruins we got him for such a good price and you know I would also like man would also like to point out both goals they scored last night. Um, top corner over the left shoulder of Varlamov. Something to maybe look out for in game four. The Bruins keep shooting there. Is that glove or blocker? I think it's a glove. That's, that's it glove. would be glove for him, yes. Yeah. He looked good, though. He was very – He, he was thought, dominant. Uh, I thought they might steal another one. God, I was pissed when Barzell tied it. Holy shit. I was nervous watching. Yeah. That was Tuca. That was a bad play. But he just turned the wrong way. The puck was to the other side. Yeah. But give give Islanders fans credit. What a what an environment there in Nassau. Yeah, though have you guys seen all the 
the bar stool, like live watching. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. Um, Frankie Borelli, Islanders fan, diehard Islanders fan. Um, his family owns Borelli's restaurant in New York. Um, and, and they hosted like a watch party. I was listening to an interview with Frankie and he was like, yeah, there were like 400 people at the bar. Like we had no idea it was going to be this busy. It's normally just my dad and I watching the game. Um, and, and it was just an absolute gong show. He said they had like 200 people on the patio that they didn't even know were there. They were just watching through the, through the windows and shit. Um, so pretty crazy. And then for games three and four, they're doing it from a bar in Boston. And I I think you guys have all seen that picture. It's just Frankie in his Islanders shirt surrounded by a sea of black and gold screaming after the OT winner. (laughs) Um, so pretty awesome stuff from Barstool Sports. They never failed to disappoint. Yeah, I just love it that um, Biz and Ryan Whitney are now on the Bruins train. It's just yeah. awesome. Like, <laughs> and Grinnell, so I love Grinnell. Yep, Grinnell's yeah. good too. It's awesome. Funny shit. Funny fucking shit. Yeah. Moving on to the MLB, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, first thing I got: Rays are red hot in first place in the AL East. They have been extremely successful. Newman predicted that. So, Newman, why don't we go to you first? Yeah, a little, little pat on my back there. Uh, I have them winning the division. I, I will, for stability's sake, I will stick with that for now. I question the, the sustainability <laughs> of, of players. <laughs> like, like Joey Wendell hitting 300. How, I mean, he's been great for my fantasy team. I don't know if he can keep that up. Rich Hill, uh, May pitcher of the month, uh, in the AL, he looked really good. Is that sustainable? He has 41, by the way. Um, gotcha. I know we talked about it yesterday. I, I, I checked. So at that old age, pitching well, Glasnow obviously is a stud. Um, the Adamas trade, they picked up two good bullpen pieces. Um, and a Rosarena out of his slump, just as Scully. Picks him up from Evan. Um, Thanks, Ev. So, yeah. Yeah, you gave me Alex Wood got bombed the other night. Fuck you. Oh, I knew Alex Wood wasn't sustainable either. But I just traded for Rich Hill, so who's the dumbass now? (laughs) Fucking no. You've ripped people off anyway. Carry on. Hey, that was a ripoff. Who did I get? Rich Hill and fucking – who was the other guy? It was a steal. That's all I know. Um, Rich Hill – why am I going stupid? We can go look. Hold on, let's go look. I am logging. But yeah, the uh, the oh, Yuli Gurriel. Oh, for Diego Castillo. Oh, Dude, that was such a joke. That's a joke. That was bullshit. Uh, Abood, if yeah. you're listening, you need some oxygen after that trade. <laughs> Have your thoughts on the raids? Oh. Yeah, sorry, falling asleep here. Um, Tampa Bay, I've shit on Tampa like for lots of episodes on this podcast. Anytime MLB comes up and the Rays come up, I say, you know what? Nope, their offense blows. Um, all this shit, they strike, they strike out a lot. Their offense strikes out, but Meadows, Austin Meadows, so fucking good. Now hitting cleanup, I think he's got five home runs in the last week. He's moved up. He's hitting cleanup. Super underrated player. I think he has a chance at 40 home runs this year if he stays healthy. Um, we'll have to see how that goes. But it's a 
he's carrying the lineup, but obviously that's not sustainable in my opinion. And neither is Joey Wendell, neither is Rich Hill. We talked uh, about it a little bit yesterday. Um, Rays aren't sustainable. They will not win the division. There's just too many better teams right below them. And, you know, the AL East is a weird division in that sense where four teams could get number one. And and we don't know which team it's going to be, and we won't know for another few months. Yeah, I'll echo everything Evan said. It really reminds me of the NHL's Eastern division this year. Um, Just – a lot of depth throughout the division, a lot of good teams. It's going to be one of those divisions where a good team misses the playoffs and, and good teams didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs in the NHL. Um, it's definitely going to be fun to watch, um, but I'm going to stick with my prediction. I, I don't think the Rays will win the division. I, I think they'll end up falling down a couple slots on the totem pole, third or fourth place for me. It's a good comparison for me with the NHL's East because it's going to be a lot of back and forth. And with the division games, kind of like obviously in the NHL, they just played each other. And when these divisional games happen, a sweep, say like the Red Sox or Blue Jays come on, sweep Six Toronto. Six-game swing. Right, it's a six-game swing. And then that, that changes everything. So there's just going to be a lot of back and forth. And the Rays are red hot right now, but obviously like Colin and I have pointed out, like it, it, it's going to be hard for that to be sustainable. It's going to be hard. Moving on to another team that has had some early season success, the Kansas City Royals. A lot of a lot of people did not see the Royals really being a threat at all. They held a lead in the AL Central for a little bit of April, maybe into May. Um, Chicago has surpassed them since then. They're currently at 27 wins. I don't even know if they played last night. If 28 did. and 26. Okay, so they won last night. Um, so they're currently at 28 wins. I want to know, over, under, on 85 wins for the Kansas City Royals this year? Uh, I will take the under. Um, I'm not a big believer in them. They ha- kind of had an easy schedule to begin the year. I know they – they skyrocketed to the top of the standings and now they have since come back to earth a little bit. I mean, without Danny Duffy, who isn't really sustainable in his own right, but he was fantastic uh, up until his injury. They don't have a pitcher below a four or five ERA. That is just terrible. Uh, Their closer just got injured. So that's also bad. I mean, you've got pieces on that team. Like Whit Merrifield has been really good. Uh, Salvador Perez has been pretty decent too. Um, But I just don't think they have, a complete enough team to reach 85 wins. I mean, Chicago has kind of gone back to first place as they should. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. I don't obviously can't say I'm not a playoff team in my opinion, um, but we'll see how they fare the rest of the way. Yeah. I love the Royals offensively. I've made this a little clear. And I remember we did a segment on a podcast a few weeks ago where I was asked uh, am I buying or selling the Royals when they were in first place? And I bought the Royals because um, I think maybe I was just a little bit. Asshole. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm an asshole. Um, love the offense, though. I mean, to say Salvador Perez has just been all right. It's just crazy. The dude's got 14 home runs. <laughs> He's got two home runs in each of the last two games. Dude's a fucking baller. They get Mondesi back healthy now. Benintendi's been fantastic. Uh, Merrifield, you know what he brings to the table, hits for average, steals bases. Carlos Santana has been quite the surprise this year. So there's, what, six players right there. Um, and Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier, but he's been bad, strikes out too much. But, again, 
these are just players that can hit the baseball and and they're a threat to score eight runs any game unless it's obviously against an ace like say a guy like Shane Bieber in division or something like that but good team Newman brought up the pitching and yeah the pitching will be what holds them back Duffy on the IL right now he's still in shutdown mode not sure when they're going to get him back Mike Miner is probably their best pitcher Um, but in his own right he hasn't been great this year Uh, it's been up and down for him strikes out a lot of batters but I think it gives up the home run ball a little bit too much. Um, and outside of that, like Brady Singer had a good start to the year, falling off a cliff lately, just got blasted by the Pirates the other night. So the starting pitching is where I have concern with the Royals. To answer the question, 85 wins. I'm going to say under just because I don't love their starting pitching. Fucking AirPods just died. I lost like 30 seconds So what I was saying, but uh, I'm sure I probably would agree with what he said because I'm taking the under as well. It's a good team, definitely good offense, but I just don't love the pitching um, to all the points you guys have made. I don't really want to beat a dead horse. So let's move on to another team that uh, nobody, I mean, some people, Newman in particular, saw having some success this year, the Los Angeles Angels. Currently in fourth place, Mike Trout has been on the shelf for about a month now. Do you think they finish in third place ahead of the Mariners, who have been overachievers this year? Yeah, very much overachievers, uh, which has been a pleasant surprise. But um, I think the Angels should uh, finish above them. Although the Mariners just did beat them 6-2 last night. Otani struck out three times. Um, but yeah, with, with no Trout and they're only three games back of the Mariners, I see no reason that when Trout comes back, they don't leapfrog them. I mean, to the to the Mariners' credit, the pitching has kind of figured it out. Justin Dunn and Sheffield are very good young pitchers. <laughs> There's Scott Marco Gonzalez back, um, so that's big. But like and Paxton, yes, Paxton. Well, he's not pitching this year; he's hurt. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, he'll be back. So, but the. Uh, Graveman looks so fucking confused. Out of quarantine, so, um, hopefully he gets back to closing because the Rafael Montero experience is a, a whirlwind of emotions every time he comes in in the ninth. Um, but yeah, the Angels should should uh, figure it out. With uh, I mean, Bundy is certainly underachieving. Heaney has been pretty decent, um, but Jared Walsh has been a pleasant surprise this year. Uh, they got rid of Pujols. Tells they believe in him, so I have faith in the Angels to finish third. No higher, though, probably. I'll have to walk back my division win claim. Well, you're stupid not to walk it back right now. Um, Angels won't win the division, and they'll cap out at third place, which I think they get. Uh, Seattle's been no-hit twice this year. Um, You know, do I need to (laughs) say any more? Uh, (laughs) uh, 29-29 right now are the Mariners. Great start. Uh, They had a fantastic early year. I remember they were in first place and Newman, you were pretty excited <laughs> about that. It was pretty short lived, but uh, yep. people like Mitch Hanniger, Kyle Lewis, like they're nice pieces to have, like they're on the trend up um, and it's just not their time yet. Uh, it will be soon. A- angels, angels will figure it out. The bats are too good and the pitching. Will figure it out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wanted to talk about the angels a little bit. We talked about this yesterday. Can you think of a player that's being wasted more than Mike Trout is in L.A.? Uh, He's been there, what, 10 years now? 
He's going to be there for 10 more if he sticks out his contract. Um, but this is a team that just seems content to have these nice shiny cars sitting in their driveway and, and they look great from the outside. But when you get inside, the house is an absolute dump uh, filled with trash and dust and fucking gross and piss and all that shit all over the place. Oh. It's just an absolute shit show indoors but outside they have these nice shiny pieces like Shohei Otani and Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout and they're fine with this appearance of potential success but they're also fine with leaving their house dirty as shit and finishing 500 every year um it's just kind of sad to me but I, I really can't think of any other player being wasted more yeah I mean I I did think about it after you mentioned it. I know I, I said uh, the Sean Watson yesterday. Another one that came to my mind was prime carry price on that poor uh, Montreal team. That was so shit for so many years. He was probably the best goalie of like any generation for those few years in the middle of the 2010s. What a waste. Never going to get his ring. Um, poor guy. But yeah, Mike Trout, such a waste for him. Poor guy. He deserves better. All right. And, well, it's just frustrating because it's not even the guy's fault. Like, whoever is running their office, and I get the whole contract situation. You get a little fucked when you throw money at Albert Pujols and Justin Upton and players like Colin mentioned yesterday. Um, but the pitching's ridiculous. Like, you can't – you got to figure out pitching. Um, yeah, Otani. But outside of that, they're starting people like Griffin Canning last night who got bombed by the Mariners. Like, D- like Dylan Bundy's been a joke. I-, I drafted him. I dropped him like a month ago because he sucks. But, I mean, last year, their, their, t- their team ERA was 5.09. Like, this year, it's second worst in baseball at five. You can't have that. Like, it, it's despicable. Look at, it's despicable. Like, look at the, um, the Padres. 2.78 and they had opportunities they could have gone out and spent money their big market on a guy like joe musgrove who wasn't even asking for a whole lot and now he's on the team putting together a great campaign on the team with the best era like they traded for joe musgrove oh they did okay well that's my bad then um but still the people are out there that they could have signed to figure that out and clearly you got a 0.09 era improvement so congratulations if I have to ask, this is entirely off topic, but did you rearrange your room? Yeah, I, I had to rearrange it again. Dude, I fucking hated it. <laughs> there was no room. Where Where I, is everything now? Um, Bed. So my laptop's on my bed right now. The head is kind of back corner there. Um, TV I have a desk in the corner. Here. TV's over this way. TV's gotcha. kind of like right in front of me. Gotcha. Um, had to change it anyway i just had to ask it was distracting me i had to get it (laughs) off my chest Uh, i think that's enough bashing of the angels as much as they deserve it we should probably move on uh let's talk about the nl east for a little bit and then a couple more things to talk about and then uh, we'll wrap it up but nl east first uh mets in first place they're what like one or two games above 500 it's kind of been an underachieving division to say the least um, I know I had the Braves being the third best team in the NL. Uh, I'm not ready to retract <laughs> that statement yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Nope. Um, but Newman, are you ready to retract your Angels one real quick? 
Oh, he yeah. already retracted. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh good. Okay. I didn't hear I did, him. My yeah. bad. That's my. That's my. Bad. I I'm not ready to quite give up on my Braves, but the NL East as a whole has been disappointing. Um, do we have any teams in particular like to highlight, or should we just bash them collectively? Well, I think so. The Mets, the Mets are five games above 500. Okay. Uh, they've been on a little streak as of late. Uh, they were my pick to win the East. I mean, the hitting has turned itself around. Lindor has kind of figured out how to swing a bat lately uh, after that disastrous start. I mean, Jacob DeGrom has given up four runs. He has driven in four runs as a hitter. That's unbelievable. Uh, his ERA is 0.7. Um, I think honestly, the biggest disappointment for me has been the Phillies. I mean, Bryce Harper injured, obviously that doesn't help, but they are 26 and 29, third in the division. I expected more of the Phillies this year. It's kind of sad. Like Alec Bohm has not been performing. He's been rotting on my bench. Uh, <sighs> the pitching Aaron Nola has not been as good as he's been, but, uh, I mean, guys like Zach Wheeler has stepped up bullpens kind of shit. Neris is not a real closer, but a disappointment for me um, in that division. Mm. So I'm a little bit concerned. Well, first of all, the Mets, like Newman pointed out, now five games above 500. They seem to be figuring it out. And when you have a guy like Jacob DeGrom there, uh, you're going to be all right. Um, The Braves are my biggest disappointment. Even though I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, um, they're still a disappointment. But here's why they have Ian Anderson pitching fantastic this season and they've had Charlie Morton pitch very well this season. And yet you're what two games under 500 Austin Riley has been fantastic this year. One of the better third basemen in the, in the league. Freddie Freeman's done Freddie Freeman things. Acuna has done Acuna things and they're still two games under 500. Like, how the hell does that make sense for a team that had so much expectation? They're getting great seasons from their stars, from players that you'd expect. What's missing? I get the the ERA is like 4.43 for the Braves this year, but like, what is wrong with them? Like, I can't figure it out. Their 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 lineup seems good with Riley playing. Like I said, so well. Acuna, Albies, Freeman. Um, the rotation with Ian Anderson leading the charge there. Like, I just don't see what is really going wrong for the Braves. Like, I don't. Nimmin, what do you think? I, I, I really don't, I don't know. know. They're a disappointment for sure. That They're my disappointment. Didn't think they'd make the playoffs, but yet they're still disappointing with players playing so well. I, it just doesn't add up for me. No, yeah, it kind of no, reminds me of the uh... – Oh, yeah. It kind of reminds me of the, the Maple Leafs. Like, you look at their roster and they're like, how are they losing? And, you know, but they're losing. Like, their their roster is so good. Like, even, like, William Contreras is a, a good catcher. Like, I've, I've picked him up a couple times. He's been pretty good. Obviously, Soroka having a setback, uh, probably not going to pitch this year. That's really tough for them. Uh, but, Why yeah, I mean, that? oh, that was a while ago. He had a setback. Last I saw, he was, like, late June, early July. No, he's done. Wow, that fucking stinks. Good thing I dropped yeah, him off my that's... <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's a big loss for them. The pitching, I feel like it has to be the pitching, right? That roster, like, the, the yeah, lineup is. is so stacked. And they got, like, the eighth worst ERA. But, and, and Enoa or whatever, who Oscar, that's a huge loss, breaking his fucking hand like a baby. 
I mean, reminds me when I struck out in Little League. I just get so angry and I want to punch something, and this dude punched something. I don't know if I could name a a bullpen pitcher. I know they brought back Green. Well, Will Smith's been good as the closer, but yeah, not really much outside of that. Yeah, uh, they are certainly a disappointment to me. Newman, you make some good points with the Phillies. Uh, I'm kind of surprised also at the Nationals. I still feel like pretty good roster. Obviously, a lot of hype surrounding Soto this year. He's only got four home runs. He's been an extreme disappointment to me. Um, Trey Turner is just a fucking star, and he's so underrated, so underappreciated in this league. To me, he's one of the best shortstops in the, in the entire league. Um, it's just another talent going to waste right now on a team with a lot of talent. You still have Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin. That's supposed to be like – a nasty three-headed monster hasn't really lived up to expectations. I know Corbin has been great um, rumors about maybe Scherzer being moved at the deadline, but it just in general, I think the whole division has just underachieved. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be a product of the teams, you know, just being, you know, similar in terms of ability and where they're going to finish in the standings, the way this has played out, I wouldn't be surprised to see, one team with like 87, 88 wins, and then a bunch of 83s, 80, 79, like mm. right around each other, because it seems that's how it's trending. I don't know. I think the Mets win this division by seven, eight games. Like, I, I personally don't think it'll be close. Um, and maybe Newman would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. I think the Mets, the Mets should win the division. When you have the Grom, you have. Like you have probably the best closer in that division in Edwin Diaz, so you should ha- shouldn't have a problem closing games. I mean, McCann that catcher has been hot. Lindor is going to get hot. They have there's no reason they lose that division unless the Braves somehow put it together. I mean, that's a team with Syndergaard, Carrasco, McNeil, Conforto on the all show. coming back, all coming back though at some point. Yeah, I mean they're just going to get better. I. I, I Fuck, now that I said that, I, I would like to change my pick, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick by the Braves uh, for for now. For now. Maybe when we revisit midseason with Jason, I'll venture a new pick, but I'm going to stick with Atlanta for now. But moving on to the other two NL divisions, the Central and West, two teams I'd like to highlight highlight in particular – First, the Chicago Cubs. I don't know what they did last night, but as of Thursday, they were nine and one in their last ten. Are they legit? You know, I think also first place. I think they're legit. They are in first they place. Lost. They lost last night. Yeah, so they are eight and two in their last ten. I think they're legit. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. That the West is so tough that I think we could see three teams out of the West. But the, the Cubs, they are a plus 33 in run differential. The rest of the Central, all minus. So that's that's huge for them. But despite that, they're only a game and a half up on the Cardinals and two games up on the Brewers, who I'm sticking with to win the division. And I'm not going to shy away from my Brewers pick. But the uh, like the Cubs are good. Javi Baez turning it around. I think their crux uh, is their probably their pitching. They have four starters above a 4-5 ERA. I mean, Kimbrell has looked really good as the closer, but I don't know if they will sustain this and make the playoffs. I think the Brewers and the Cardinals are both really good. Uh, we'll see if the Cardinals can overcome however long Flaherty's out. 
but that the Cardinals bullpen stacked too, so I think they'll be okay. But yeah, I don't think I don't think the Cubs are a playoff team. Yeah, Connor, I made a big retraction on the the practice pod yesterday. Uh, obviously, I was so high on the Brewers. If you listened, I debated everyone on this show, including Jason. When he was on, just going back and forth, just defending the Brewers. And while I was right about the pitching and I knew it would be insanely good, uh, the hitting really concerns me. And I had to retract my Brewers pick to win that division. Um, I think it'll be the Cubs or the Cardinals, obviously. Uh, if I had to pick between the two, I'd lean towards St. Louis. But Chicago's a good team. Great lineup with Rizzo Bryant. Haps really turned it on since he's come back from the injured list. Um just solid team. They're just a solid team, and they have a good rotation. Uh, it's that's been one of the better ones this year. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, despite getting bombed in one game against Atlanta, like really coming back to what he was like last year, which is a huge sign for them. They have Lozier or whatever the hell his name is, uh, who's really turned it on this year. So they're a good team, and they have the experience. David Ross is a good manager, so I think they'll finish ahead of Milwaukee. Milwaukee will finish third. Yeah, I'll go St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee as well, Ev. I like that order. Um, I think they are a good team. I said this again on the practice pod yesterday. Just kind of confused with their offseason. Like, you've had these rumors of Bryant being moved for the last three or four years. He's still there having an MVP-type year. Um, Rizzo, obviously been a franchise cornerstone. Not quite the same player as he used to be this year. Um, you bring in David Ross last year as your new manager, replacing Joe Madden, who helped you break that 100-year drought. And Theo Epstein left this offseason. So it's a lot of turnover. Um, I don't know. It, to me, they were like a team maybe on the verge of a retool, a sell, a rebuild. Um, but they also went out and got Jock Peterson and made some moves that made them seem like maybe we're trying to contend. Um so the Cubs are an interesting um, case to me. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I, I'm really not a huge fan of the roster. I've never really thought Brian, Brian and Rizzo can really drive a team, um, but we'll see. I think Brian's proving that he can be the number one um, option in a championship winning lineup. Yeah, I, I think he is too. I, I, I don't know. I wish the Red Sox got him a few years ago. The last team I wanted to talk about was the San Francisco Giants. They are currently in first place, if I'm correct, in the West, uh, ahead of the Dodgers and Padres. Yesterday, again, practice pod, I made a guarantee. I'm going to add to that guarantee as well. I'm going to guarantee. Here we go. Three teams from the West in the playoffs. The Giants are legit. They're going to make the playoffs. And Kevin Gosman is a bona fide ace. They – sorry, hold on. I'm writing this down. Giants make playoffs plus three West teams. All right. Gosman, we debated this a bit yesterday – He's a bona fide ace in my eyes. He's in the Cy Young conversation in my eyes. It's DeGrom and him right now, a two-dog two race. I'm going to go Gosman under – what are you saying? 
Dude, you're forgetting Brandon Woodruff in the in the Cy Young season that he's had. No, fuck off. Ridiculous. Um, if, if they don't make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. It's silly. I don't think it should. The Grom didn't make the playoffs for years. His or, numbers are astronomically low. Are you comparing DeGrom to Woodruff? I'm comparing a fantastic season that he had last year and, like, the year before when they didn't make it. All right. Okay. One Anyways, side. my Gosman guarantee, I'm going 175 innings, over 200 strikeouts, and under 2.5 ERA. That's my Kevin Gosman guarantee. I love him. I, I really like this Giants team. It, I said yesterday, to me, it's just a lot of guys doing what they're supposed to do, doing their jobs. It, it reminds me of the New England Patriots, just getting it done the giant way, grinding out games, outsmarting other teams, just playing good baseball. Um, and, and nobody – this is what I like about this team so much. Outside of Gosman, there's really no one you're looking to for constant production. I said that yesterday. One through nine, to me, everybody in that lineup is on a mostly equal playing field. Obviously, some better hitters. Crawford having a good year. Posey having a really good resurgence year. Um, and I like Mike Yastrzemski a lot. But it's a team where everybody is just doing what's expected of them. Nobody's doing more. Nobody's doing less. But when everybody on that 25-man roster is doing what they're supposed to, they're rolling like a well-oiled machine. I, I don't see how it could stop. Obviously, injuries, there's a lot of time left in the year. But I like the Giants a lot. Evan, you're making faces at me, so let's hear what you have to say. Well, the only time I really made a face was because I think Brandon Crawford, you're not gonna, you're not really giving him enough credit for his breakout season so far. I don't think he's – I think he's doing more than what was expected of him. Not a breakout year, dude. He's been in the league for like 12 years. Dude, he's putting up insane numbers like that. He really hasn't put up like in, in a short time. What he's span. hitting right now? I I think it's like under two fifty. I, I got you right now. I looked up. I'm already looking. Brandon Crawford is hitting two fifty five. Yeah, I, give me a fucking break, dude. Dude, fifty first player in fantasy. That's all I'm saying. Like he's fantasy's so different from real life impact. Dude, you just dude. He's got thirty one runs scored and twelve homers. Like the the MLB yeah. lead in home runs is like seventeen. That's good. I. I I don't know. I would argue that he's doing more than I thought that he would do this year. That's my point. Yeah, maybe, uh, but but not by much. I mean, he's been a, one of the better shortstops of our generation. I would agree with that. I mean, maybe the term breakout was used wrong, which I can yeah. see why you thought it was. Um, resurgence, better word. Resurgence, resurgence, that's a good one. Um, but you mentioned Buster Posey. He's been fantastic this year, uh, one of their better hitters. Um you know, it's been pretty surprising considering we are in June and the Giants are in first place. I don't think anybody really expected that to be the case. Um, I'm not really willing to say that they'll make the playoffs yet. I mean, I don't know. I'm just not 100% sold yet, especially playing in that division with San Diego and L.A., who I am sold on. Um, so we'll have to see. It's a long season, 162 games. Giants really playing well right now. See if they can keep it up. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not I'm not convinced yet that they're a playoff team. But, I mean, Scully, you already touched on Gosman. But Di Stefani, Wood, and Cueto are a combined 14 and 6. 
So they're getting it done outside of the race. Uh, Jake McGee as the closer has been good. Tyler Rogers with that submarine rising curveball has been pretty cool Darn. to watch uh, when he takes the mound. So I, I think their pitching staff has actually been surprisingly good uh, for the low expectations I feel like we had going into the year. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're like a plus 65 run differential and Dodgers and Padres are higher than that. But uh, we'll see if they can hang on. I, it'd be really awesome uh, if they made the playoffs. But uh, I'm not sold yet. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. That division is going to be a lot of fun this summer. Mm-hmm. That wraps up everything sports-wise. Um, but we can start that little segment that Evan wanted to introduce today. Um, I haven't planned anything, so. Oh, wait. I, I, mean, I, have I was thinking off the top of my head. I was thinking we just do – we do, like, one person per pod, I think. Okay. Otherwise we're I can go it. today. Sure. I've mean? got it. All right. So, first, I'd like to talk about two things. So, fantasy. My – come on, guys. My fantasy team is put together now. We're on the trend up. I got a good roster put together now in our league, Clubhouse Convos League. If you joined, great. If you didn't, well, you suck. Um, my team, I've added Chris Bryant. We got Whit Merrifield, Ryan McMahon, Trey Turner, Starling Marte, Jesse Winker, Cody Bellinger, Shohei Otani. And that's everybody outside the catcher. That's a fucking good lineup. And I'm still at 69 points. So damn it. I'm hoping that we can trend up in that league. And in my other league, I'm starting to fall off a fucking cliff. Was at about 90 points. Now I'm down to 81. So please, Lord Jesus, can we stop the bleeding and can my team hit a home run? It's your pitching. But how, about should... you go, how about you go read my pitching staff? Okay, I'll go read that. It should be uh, outlawed. Billy and I are chilling, uh, yeah. and I are chilling in the top three currently. Yep. <laughs> um, Jesus Lazardo, Shohei Otani, who's pitching tonight, Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, Corbin Burns, Kevin Gosman, Rich Hill, Lance McCullers, who's on the IL, and Michael Kopech. It's fucking good. It should be a lot. I agree. SDRA in the league, um, most saves in the league. You're forgetting Alex Reyes on that list, Liam Hendricks on that list, uh, Ian Kennedy on that list. So stop disrespecting my pitching staff, Evan. I mean, those fucking 10 guys should be illegal. I shouldn't be allowed to have all of them on my team, but I do. So you can all suck it. Mm -hmm. Continue your two minutes. All right. Yeah. My, my last point. So, damn it, I'm hoping for some home runs and some higher trends for both my fantasy teams. Um, my other thing is Connor, Connor, Connor. I, when will you admit that LeBron James is just not the GOAT? Dude, he's not. CT ripping you in the chat, asking you today, oh, is LeBron James the GOAT now? And you know what? Damn it, no, he is not because a true GOAT would have gotten his players and the rest of the people on his team motivated. They're, Anthony Davis does not make or break that team. If you have LeBron, great. You can win a round with LeBron and only LeBron. Um, they had Schroeder. They had Kuzma, like Caldwell Pope, Harrell, Drummond, and they still couldn't figure out a way to win more than two games, and they looked flat-out embarrassing getting absolutely blown out in first quarters. LeBron James just did not have his troops motivated and they were not willing to go to war with him. And the fact that that happened proves 
that he is not the GOAT because if Michael Jordan played in that series, Michael Jordan is beating the Phoenix Suns in round one. End of story. I, I want to okay. – if well, I could just add something to that. Um, that's my two-minute spiel. Go ahead, Colin. While I do agree that he is not the GOAT, I feel as though this is an uncomparable year. Um, the Lakers won the title last year. They had the shortest offseason of every team besides the Miami Heat. They dealt with bad injuries all year. While those are big names that you listed, Evan, they haven't really played like big names all year. So to me, it's unfair to, to expect them to play up to that level when they haven't all year. I mean, the Suns, in my opinion, are a simply better team, better roster, um, more talent spread out through the lineup, deeper. Um, so I don't think this is so much a knock on LeBron. And let's be honest, like LeBron's done everything. Like how much does he really want it anymore? He's skipping out on playing for Team USA to work on his movie this summer. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it feels like LeBron, you know, buying stake in the Red Sox. This is a guy who's looking past his basketball career that, in my opinion, is winding down. Yeah, and I mean, will I concede that he could have played better in that series? Absolutely. But to to say that he's not the GOAT after he loses one playoff series, he's now 14-1 and one in the first round. Michael Jordan has been swept three times in the first round. So that argument just gets thrown in the trash. Um, it's just dumb. The man's old. Like, watching him last night, just to see how pissed off he was at his teammates. Like, I was talking to CT this morning. Him and I could have made more shots than he did. Schroeder drives the lane and just misses a wide-open layup. I'm like, what? what are they paying you for to be their third-best player when my fucking grandma could have made those shots? Like, the Suns, the Suns were just a better team. The Lakers did not play up to, to last year's standards. So, I mean, tough draw for them. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the, what the future holds for the Lakers. Um, those should, they should be back on track next year. Frank Vogel, not the answer, though. No. Not the answer. You can't start yeah. a lineup that's never started together in a game five. Like, you can't do that. I get AD, but, like, you got like, to gotta figure out a way to, to – to get a better lineup and to start off better in, in both those games, game five and game six. Just fell back yeah. way yeah. too much. Like, they they could not figure it out. Like Booker off to the hot start, they move LeBron on Booker. Booker cools off, and then Cameron Payne gets hot, and they move LeBron over to campaign, and then Booker heats up again. It's like you need someone else to defend those players. Booker, I mean, Booker had a phenomenal game, like unbelievable, uh, great player. So the sun the Suns are the real deal. Let's, let's yeah yeah that about wraps up everything from me i think that wraps up everything from you boys as well uh so yeah thanks for tuning in hope you have enjoyed our ride to 16 episodes and hope you'll stick with us for many more boys farewell farewell well Why is your man? Place your bets.